Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Future Tech podcast series uh, sponsored by Arrows Group. I'm Charlie Sell. I'm a Group MD. I'm really pleased to have Florian with me, the CTO of DAZN, um, a sports streaming uh, website. Think of Netflix and the sports worlds. He will explain a lot more than I can. Um, but we're here to discuss a bit about his story, his background, and then thinking about emerging technologies and future job roles. Again, all aimed at the STEM graduates out there thinking about their first steps into paid work. So, Florian, thank you and welcome. Hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me here. Um, it's obviously always great to talk to the next generation about what they can do and how I got to where I am. Um, you just mentioned the zone. This is sort of um, my latest station in sports. I have been working with sports all my life in technology. Um, the zone, as you mentioned, is a sports streaming service. We are available in nine countries worldwide, about to go into another um, 210 countries um, this year, which should hopefully make us a proper worldwide endeavor, have a few million people um, on the uh, application by now. And it, it does what it says on the tin. It streams sports uh, over OTT. It's an all-you-can-eat offer, uh, which you can uh, get in and out of monthly, um, where you think we have um, sort of the greatest offer um, for sports fans. And if you are one, you absolutely have to have it. And um, watch for it coming to um, the UK soon. Now, as I said, I have been working in, in sports um, all my life. I started out studying electrical engineering. And believe it or not, um, I had to do a few internships. and. Uh, one in a company which built OB trucks for um, sports graphics, television sports graphics at the time. That was sort of the late 80s. And um, lo and behold, they liked me for whatever reason, I don't know why, and um, asked me if I did want to stay on and sort of earn my side money with them. At that time I was actually um, lifting uh, parcels in the night at UPS. So that was obviously a great improvement. So <laughs> I said, yep, I'm going to do that. And um, yeah, this was a company which, um, as I said, built um, um, television installations, um, mostly for graphics. So I built one for um, the German soccer show. Um, these guys then asked me to stay on. I turned out uh, uh, to be a managing director there pretty quickly, five years. We went on, sold, sold the company. And a few more companies ended up with a company called Opta, which any sports fans here um, who are interested in sports that might know um, was the CEO there. Um, so we, we did all the in-depth statistics for um, soccer and a lot of other sports, rugby, um, for example, um, and sold those to all the media companies, um, sold that company to Perform Group, and that turned into the zone in the RM. Wow, fantastic. So you, you're an entrepreneur as much as uh, following the sort of the, the, the big headline ticket jobs then? Yeah, I mean, I, I always try to find something which is actually piquing my interest. And while I, I shouldn't say that, probably I'm not even that interested in sports. I'm interested in technology, which all of it. So when we started out doing sports data, pretty much everybody was saying, oh, no, who's interested in that? And all the coaches were like, oh, I, I sit at the side of the pitch and I know all of these things much better than anybody can ever tell me with data. But we looked at um, the US market and saw what um, data was doing there, even back in in the late 80s, as I said, and said, okay, this is actually a way to tell the story much better and give uh, the commentator ways to talk about things which are more interesting than uh, the player's girlfriend. And um, that's how we started it. And it was a big success. Um, and by now, obviously, as, as you probably know, no sports exists without a lot of in-depth data um, going down to where, how far they run and how fast they run. Mm -hmm. 
the heart rate and all of these physical things along of what they do with the ball. So I think that has been a big success story over time. And um, there's obviously always something new and something changing and things you can do. And that kept it very interesting, kept me on my toes and yeah, got me to where I am. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm a huge rugby fan myself. And so seeing documentaries of uh, Eddie Jones, how much data and analysis has now got into players, both in training and, and actually playing the game and, and how much it's digested afterwards. It's, it's fascinating. And I think it, yeah, it's, it's truly professional by now. I mean, it used to be that um, similar to Formula One, where Hunt was um, uh, smoking a cigarette and was <laughs> yeah. drunk the, day, uh, the night before. Um, that wouldn't work nowadays, you know, because this is a, a lot of money and about uh, winning um, uh, very big tournaments. And um, yeah, it's, it's professionalized by now. And that also means that you need a lot of data. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny when, you know, with data, I think myself sitting on the other side of the, the table where we're looking at, continually looking at where the growth markets are. And, and for me, big data cyber ai all seem to be interlinking with each other and and it it feels like it it all comes back to the capacity of holding hosting data you know your ability to to really maximize and utilize it where how has that sort of transformed your business or is that is that part of where you look at data yeah, it's very important for us i mean um you need to make smart decisions about what rights you buy and um, where you are, where you operate in markets, what the speed spot is between quality and cost, and all these um, decisions we make um, based on the, on the user data. And that is obviously um, simple things about um, what people watch and when they watch it, how long they watch it, um, split between live and VOD, but also um, what quality they watch it and which devices they watch it. Um, I mean, we are on 25 um, platforms uh, in, in market, um, so pretty much um, everything which is installed and has a, a significant market share, 96% um, so of installed devices. And also we have 16 payment methods. And the reason why we do that, it, I mean, it adds obviously an audience complexity to the product, is because we really very granularly look at what devices people have available and what enables them um, to be a subscriber on our service. So, yeah, data is, is very, very important for us, but I think data is very important for everything. And that is goes from um, things you wouldn't necessarily think about, like uh, the farmer actually um, putting um, the, the um, uh, I don't know the uh, English word, uh, the dünger out, so uh, making the plants grow and knowing where that happens. Um, to obviously um, things like what Google does um, around advertisement, um, to um, Amazon um, figuring out what they can sell you. Um, but a lot of that is happening around insurance, trains, all kinds of things. So um, it's, it's really pervasive, it's really important for everybody. Um, and you mentioned AI. Um, this is obviously an emerging field. Um, nobody has seen true AI yet. Uh, yeah. I'm saying this is more like uh, machine-generated pattern matching, which um, nevertheless is obviously very powerful and very important nowadays and um, gives you a few surprises if you look at the data and um, it's, it's a very powerful tool to um, find cohorts. Um, that being said, um, I do think that we will probably at some point see um, true artificial intelligence. Um, it's probably one of the emerging technologies which are really interesting. It might take us a few more years, but 
once that happens, um, it will be a massive step change in everything we do. But uh, that's probably a larger discussion than uh, what we have today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Terminator franchise might come uh, might come true one day. Then, and, uh... yeah, not. But I mean, there's very interesting uh, books on that. Um, and, um, yeah, and, and uh, it's something I follow closely. It's close to my heart. I think, um, along with with um, VR and AR, um, is probably the next big wave. Um, yeah. Together with a few um, things around um, uh, medicine, which uh, will probably change our lives drastically as well. But yeah, it will be really interesting to see. And I mean, I'm always saying when I started working, a fax machine was there, something good and wonderful, um, and you didn't have to to write letters anymore and could sort of immediately send stuff. Wasn't that great? And then um, you obviously had the uh, advent of mobile telephony and then the internet. And if and that is only 30 years, you know, it's, that's one generation. And if anything, um, the, the development of technology has accelerated and there's no end in sight. And even if it goes linear, um, imagine what it could be in another 30 years. Yeah. Um, and somebody said um, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And in many ways, it's already happening. If you think about these little devices which you carry around, everybody stares at it all the time. Yeah. If you show that to somebody from the 50s, they would look at it and say, what the heck happened here? Yeah. So, um, it's very interesting. And I think it's, um, if, if you go into work nowadays, going into technology is something um, which, is, which is fascinating. I mean, there's so much to do. Um, both from a, if, you, if you just want to work on things, but also if you're an entrepreneur and want to get things done and, and found a company, this is where you need to be. This is, this is what you can do because, I mean, basic manufacturing of things um, has been completely commoditized. That's happening somewhere on the globe and who really cares about that? The added value nowadays is driven by software. So you want to be uh, where that happens and where there's software. Be that from genetic codes um, to actual games or, or software which is running on these IoT um, things, um, it's happening. So um, that's fascinating and definitely a good place to be. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So thinking that, you know, obviously the podcast is aimed at, uh, at our graduates who are thinking about their, their first steps into paid work, they've studied science, technology, engineering or maths. Um, have you got any thoughts on, on or, or any direction, if you, were, if you were advising them personally, where they would focus their first steps, um, type of industries or, or, or specific technology? As I said, I personally think that AR and uh, VR, along with artificial intelligence, are going to be that big things um, over the next um, decade or two. Um, if you think about AR, for example, and the things this could do for us in our daily lives, um, from actually making it easier to repair stuff um, to entertainment in all its various guises, it's, it's absolutely f fascinating. Um, if you have watched Ready Player One, um, you might have um, sort of seen a glimpse of what fully immersive VR could do. Um, I think that is a step further out, and probably AR in all its guises it's going to be sort of the slippery slope which is going to get us there. But um, yeah, that is definitely something I'd, I'd look at. But again, I mean, software is pretty much driving every facet of what we do. Um, so there's obviously a plethora of opportunities out there um, if, you, if you want to play in that market. 
And do you think security's got um, a key role to play in all of this as well when we're thinking about cyber security and, and that needing to probably keep at the same pace as evolvements in data and AI? Uh, yes, definitely. I mean, I think that the biggest problem with security is probably awareness of people um, in this digital world because there's way too many people who really live in the digital world but haven't understood um, the consequences and what it really means. Um, Security is obviously very important, but um, in, in some ways the horse has halted. If you think of it, um, the data which, um, again, Google or an Amazon have about you, then yes, they are not cyber criminals, but they have all the data, okay? So <laughs> in a way, what worse could a cyber criminal do to you? Yes, there's obviously all things about um, identity theft and so on and so forth, but I think we, we still need sort of a grassroots movement around security um, where people need to be way more aware of what their data is, the value of the data um, they create, and how they can protect and, and look after it. But obviously, I mean, a company like us, if you have a few million um, subscribers, um, it's obviously an interesting target. And um, people are trying to get in, people are trying to get at our user base, and um, you need to do the necessary things to protect them. Yeah. And do you think there's a rise then that, that end customers or end companies like yourselves would, would look to build out your own cyber um, divisions rather than outsourcing it to consultancies or, or third parties? I mean, we currently have uh, our own cyber team, but we're not, for example, creating the software around it because it's too specialist. Um, we buy that in. And a few things um, uh, like the... Uh, so if the SOC we are outsourcing, the Security Operations Center, um, as it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to um, in, invest in that if there's too much synergies of scale there uh, to do that ourselves. Um, that being said, we, do, we are obviously taking a strong stance on security. We have to, um, uh, both because we owe it to our customers and, and also uh, because there's obviously a lot of um, legal regulations by now which can cost you a lot of money if you get it wrong um, yeah. and, and don't do best practice. But again, the latter is, is surely a, a, a driver, but not the deciding one for us. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing which you can have in a, in a business to consumer proposition is trust. And if you uh, manage to lose that because you are the victim of cyber attack, for example, then that's really, really bad for business. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, uh, you spend quite a bit of, of money on security. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I mean, and it's great to hear live examples, you know, what, what you're actually doing as a business and, uh, um, you know, again, design how far it's come in such short amount of time. I can imagine the pace that you've had to evolve to keep up with the capacity of data, as we were just saying, and the complexity of cyber. It, it must be. Yes. It's a quite interesting proposition because if you look at um, VOD, like Netflix, that's obviously well understood. And the big advantage you have there is that you have your content in advance. So... You can actually pre-position and put it where you know um, the customers will want it. But with sport, you have two problems. A, it happens live, so you have distributed live, and they don't wait for you. I mean, if Champions League finally kicks off, it kicks off, you know, no matter if you're ready or not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting challenge, and um, using a medium which is not necessarily uh, made um, for one to many, um, is the internet. Is, is making this is harder to do than it necessarily needs to be. But I mean, in reality, uh, I have always said uh, OTT would be the prevalent 
form of uh, distributing content. Um, and quite frankly, I have always been way too optimistic with it. I thought by now nobody would actually use a satellite anymore, but uh, that hasn't, isn't the case. But I, I think over the next five, 10 years, definitely uh, will be uh, you don't have classical terrestrial um, um, broadcasting probably um, satellite anymore. I mean, satellite has its niche uses, of course, and you can use it uh, with, with low flying satellites to distribute internet and content, therefore. But um, I mean, if you look at what Elon Musk is doing there, Starlink, that's also quite fascinating as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. I could speak to you all day, Florian, because you're obviously uh, pretty passionate about all of this, and it is really is the the future, I think. So, look, thank you, thank you for your time. That that's been really, really insightful, and I uh, I hope everyone who's been listening to this um, has also picked up some some gems there. Um, you know, AI, but VR, AR. It, it really does feel like we've we've still got a long road ahead with technology advancements. So, so thinking about the latest uh, skills and, and what you want to get into when you're leaving university, it's there's a plethora of areas to go into. But, but Florian, thank you. Really, really enjoyed that. And um, and uh, yeah, well, we wish everyone well. Great. So that's this podcast for this series. Um, we will be posting out. Uh, various others through your both your university um, intranets as well as on the YouTube channel um, and snippets on LinkedIn. So thank you everyone and speak again.